Good morning again, Move Church Online. I am excited about uh, starting the services, hopefully within a couple of weeks, two weeks, the 31st, as a matter of fact, and that's Pentecost Sunday. There is some significance there, and so so excited. There'll be those guidelines, and um, if you'll tune in Wednesday night on the Facebook page live, I'll be sharing 630 the guidelines uh, that we're going to have to follow, uh, but uh, something is better than nothing. Something is better. Getting us together uh, is going to be good and excited about that. So don't forget Wednesday night. Hey, let me jump right in on the message. And our key text for this series is 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 15. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then uh, first, then verse 17 417 where we get the title of the series after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them uh, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so will we be with the Lord forever now this series this topic should excite you it, it should man just uh, stir your heart and with anticipation it's going to happen. It's going to be wonderful for the Christian. Uh, we want to be ready for it. So if you have any hesitancy, you may want to ask yourself, why am I concerned about this? Why am I worried about this? I hope to give you the information that will help you with that. But just maybe there's some things in your life that God wants to deal with that you've been neglecting, but God will help you with that, and you can be ready for his coming. So today's text is a few scriptures uh, found in Matthew 24 where Jesus himself is talking about the end days, the end times. And beginning at uh, verse 3 of Matthew 24, I want to read to verse 14. Okay, so if you have your Bibles or your device, follow along if you will. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You um, will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Verse 7, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated um, by all nations because of me. Verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. Verse 11, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold verse 13 but he who stands firm to the end will be saved verse 14 and this gospel 
of the kingdom will be preached to the in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come i want to talk to you this morning about the signs of the times let's pray father thank you today you are getting your church ready you're getting us ready you're working in our hearts and lord god for those that are ready we anticipate your coming we anticipate as we see these signs unfold right before our eyes many of them a long time ago some things that we just see happening and we're excited now lord for those that are not ready father uh, you want them ready you are moving in their hearts on their hearts on their lives and today i believe your spirit will call them to salvation call them to a relationship with you so they can be ready for your coming and we thank you lord god for for loving us so much now lord speak to our heart church would you pray it lord speak to my heart lord change my life in jesus name amen well pastor boudreaux had a church across the street from pastor thibodeau <laughs> and uh one day pastor boudreaux put a sign out in the front yard of the church that said this the end is near Pastor Thibodeau put a sign in the front yard of his church that said, turn yourself around before it's too late. That night, a car came along that was full of drunk college kids, and one of the old boys hung his head out the window and said, you bunch of freaks, <laughs> kept on going. And the car went around the curve, and Pastor Boudreau and Pastor Thibodeau, they heard tires screeching and then a big crash. And Pastor Thibodeau scratched his head and said to Pastor Boudreaux, do you think our sign should just say, the bridge is out? <laughs> That's funny. Jesus' disciples asked some of the same questions many of us are asking today. When will the end times happen and what will be the signs that they're going to happen? And in our text that I just read for you just a moment ago, Jesus gives us eight signs of the end times. And I want to give them to you if you want to take notes. The first one is deception. Jesus said, watch out, verse 4, watch out that no one deceives you. And I believe Jesus named deception first because it was the most dangerous one. Think about this statement for just a moment. If you are deceived, you do not know you are deceived. And this is the reason why it's so important for us as, as children of God to know the Bible, to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit where he can teach us so we won't be deceived. The, the truth is this, that if you do not know the scriptures, it's very uh, likely that you are in danger of being deceived. And deception is already in the land. Y'all has been here for quite some time. Verse 2, wars, Jesus said. He said wars and rumors of wars. And it, it seems like there's a major conflict going on all the time. Thankfully, in the U.S., we haven't had any, uh, any major uh, conflicts. But there, there are. Our, our troops are in different parts of the world right now keeping peace. And uh, so wars, we are a world of wars. So that, is been, that has taken place. Uh, number three, the third sign, natural disasters. And man, again, we can definitely see that fulfilled. 
seems like every time you turn around and uh, on, on world news, there's a new disaster. There's a, there's a fire, there's a drought, there's a locust devouring crops. And uh, now, of course, the world is facing this pandemic. So natural disasters have been fulfilled, that sign. And uh, number four, the fourth sign is the persecution of Christians. And Christians are still being persecuted today in other countries. If you want an eye-opener to this sign, uh, look up Voice of the Martyrs. And it is a Christian organization that brings stories, current day stories uh, to life of Christians who are being persecuted because of their faith. That's Voice of the Martyrs. Intolerance for Christianity is more common in America than it has ever been. And first comes intolerance and then comes persecution. Uh, the fifth sign, and I talked about this a little bit last week, is the great falling away. And Jesus said at that time, uh, many will turn from the faith and will betray and hate each other. America, this great Christian nation, is quickly becoming a nation of unbelievers. And with each generation, apostasy is growing. Apostasy is the abandonment of Christian beliefs. And through generations, it, it, we, we see that happening. Uh, the builders are those that were born from 1927 to 1945. That generation is called the builders. And as of uh, for that generation, 65% of them were Bible-based believers. Uh, after the builders comes the boomers. They were from 1946 to 1964. 35% of them were Bible-based believers. That decreased from 65% to 35%. After the boomers are the busters. They were from 1965 to 1983. That's my generation. And from that generation, only 16% say that they are Bible-based believers. Uh, those that come after busters are the bridgers or the millennials. They're from 1984 to 1999. Hear me. That group, the bridgers or the, or the millennials, only 4% claim to be Bible-based believers. Now, to make it even more shocking, it really is. I don't have to make it that way. Uh, Generation Z are those kids that are born from 2000 to 2015. That's next generation. Barner research shows that almost twice as many of those teens claim to be atheists than the millennials. Church, we have a big job to do, and if we do not do something, we're going to lose a generation to Satan. Sixth sign is false teachings. Please be very careful how fast you accept a new revelation, okay? Now our hearts are open to what God says, but make sure you're a student of the word yourself and make sure you have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you're a student of the word. Uh, a church that preaches the whole gospel is vitally important for you and your family. Uh, verse 7, 
spiritual apathy. Jesus said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Apathy is a lack of interest. It's a lack of enthusiasm or concern. And this is religion without a relationship with Jesus. And boy, does that describe religion in America. Jesus said that there will be those that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And the main reason that our nation is in the shape that it's in is because the church has become complacent. We are not reaching those in the darkness because our light is so dim. Not with Move Church. <laughs> I believe God is firing us up, getting us ready to make a difference for him. And that brings me to number eight. The good news, the eighth sign is worldwide evangelism. In verse 14, Jesus said, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And, and my friend, that has taken place, along with all of these other signs, because of um, the Internet technology, the gospel has been preached. People around the world are getting saved. We may not see it so much in the United States, but other countries I've heard China, can, they don't have enough pastors in Africa. That these places can't build churches fast enough because of the people that are getting saved. The word is being preached. The gospel is being preached all over the world. And Jesus is saving everyone that will come, that will receive. It's been said that since the year 2000, more people have come to Christ than any other generation. So America, what a challenge it is to us. We're losing ground. The world around us is gaining ground as far as for the kingdom of God. But I believe God is working in America, and I believe he's stirring us up. Now, all of these signs that Jesus gave have been fulfilled. I believe every one of them. And the question that we should ask since these signs have been fulfilled, what are the signs of being ready? What do they look like? And let me give uh, these to you. There are four signs I, that I came up with, I believe the Lord gave me, that says that you are ready. And these signs build on each other. So the first one is this. The first sign of you being ready for Christ when he comes is number one. A growing relationship with Jesus. Now, if you want to be ready to spend time with Jesus for eternity, you must spend time with him on the earth. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name? drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Verse 23, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. So they had this form of godliness, and they performed miracles for the Lord, but they had no relationship with Jesus Christ. Salvation comes only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not a, not a one-time prayer that begins it. Not just going to church. That sure helps it. 
but a relationship between you and Jesus. It's got to be personal between you and, and Jesus. It can't come through the preacher. It can't come through your church. It can't come through the praise songs that you sing. Praise God for all of that. And, and all of that is vital for your spiritual health. But you, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. You. A growing relationship with Jesus. Like uh, any other relationship, if one person of the relationship wants the relationship to grow, but the other doesn't, it usually hurts the relationship and really dissolves the relationship. And it's the same with so many people in their relationship with Jesus. That Jesus initiated the relationship and maybe they said a sinner's prayer and 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 asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins. And then Jesus begins to show you some things that will help your relationship with him to grow, some things to get rid of, some things that will help you to, to add. And all of these are for your good and for their relationship with him. And then if if you back away, and many times that's what happens. Our dedication is confronted with our sinful desires, and we back away, and we hurt the relationship with Jesus. Well, the good news today, if that describes you, Jesus is not like an abandoned friend or a sworn lover. He is so in love with you that he is still wanting, he is still waiting for you to have a relationship with him. Isn't that so wonderful? The, what I've discovered is the more that I know him, the more that I love him, and the more that I love him is the, the more that I want to know him. So a growing relationship says, yes, I'm ready for Jesus to come. The second sign for being ready is a developing godly character. A growing relationship with Jesus allows the Holy Spirit to develop a godly character within us. And Jesus is coming back for those who have the fruit of his spirit operating in his life. Galatians 5 tells us what the fruit of the spirit looks like. And these, these are the fruit of a Christian. This is what it looks like for a person to be uh, living for God. It says, for the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I think I got those out of order a little bit, but that's those, those fruit, that's, that's them right there. And it says any, uh, against such things, uh, there is no law. So if you have this fruit in your life, you're doing good, you're being developed into godly character, and you are ready for Christ. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 7. He said, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So as a Christian, if we have this relationship with Jesus, that means the Holy Spirit is perfecting a godly character within us. So that means the good work that he's doing in us is going to come out in good fruit. We're not, we're not able to do it by ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit working in us to produce that good fruit. And we can pretend to have good fruit. We can put on the right kind of leaves and we can think, uh, well, we, we're disguising uh, that are, you know, that are, are, are bad fruit, but, that, but the fruit will show it'll come. 
and and whether it's it'll show that it's either good or bad and it'll show whether you're you're having the godly character within you or not i hope that made sense it did in my mind <laughs> so to be ready is uh first of all you gotta have a relationship a growing relationship with christ and then this godly character developing godly character and then number three this comes with it it builds on it and the sign that you're ready is a desire to reach the lost it's a concern those of us that are ready should have a concern for those that are not ready to meet jesus and, and i know in my life the times that i'm less concerned about the lost are the times that i'm too concerned about my own affairs but the times that I'm in tune with God and I am seeking his heart and, and I, I, I want his will for my life and he is my main focus, the heart for the lost comes with a heart for God. And the rapture will be the best day for those who are ready and the worst day for those who are not. One of the sure evidences of the Holy Spirit working in your life is the desire to be a witness to others. Jesus said it in Acts 1.8. He said this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, that comes together. Power and witness comes together with the Holy Spirit. That when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power to live for God. And that living for God is a witness, but you'll also have a desire and urgency to reach the lost. And there's no greater privilege than being used by God to save a soul, listen, for eternity. And the truth is, one person that God could use you to make a difference and to save a life could mean a generation after them and another generation after them and multitudes of people in that family. So that's the third sign, a desire to reach the lost. So we have a growing relationship with Jesus, a developing godly character, and a desire to reach the lost. And then number four, a commitment to fulfill your purpose. I believe there is an urgency being felt by believers today. That urgency is because we can see the, the uh, setting, we can see things set in place for Christ to return. You know, this pandemic, it, it, it has been bad and, and uh, aggravating and there's been loss, death. And, um, you know, but it, it also I've seen things that um, that just really alert me when it comes to Christ coming in the end days. And, and whether Christ comes uh, right away or whether it's 50 years from now, I, I don't know. But one thing I can see, there's four things that's alerted me about this pandemic. And, and they are... It has affected the world, it has affected the economy of the world, and it has affected the church of the world. And that's what got my attention. And, um, and then I, I happened to look up the word pan, uh, corona, and the, uh, it's the definition of corona, or it was called corona because it has a crown shape. It looks like a crown. I thought, hmm, boy, that, that sounds a lot like something the Antichrist could use to, to gain control. 
And then, uh, of course, the news, I even watched this last night, that they say that it has this crown shape, but it also has barbs that come off of that, that makes it so deadly, that, that grabs a hold to tissues in your lungs. And those barbs, though, I told Patty, I said, that sounds a lot like the crown of thorns. And, and uh, it's interesting to see this, whether, whether it's, it's um, the, this pandemic that makes the way for uh, the world economy to, to you know, um, to come together, or a world, one world government, I don't know. I know the person with the vaccine has a lot of power, the country that develops the first vaccine. And, you know, I've seen things about, um, you know, the vaccine being able to, tr uh, to trace those that have had the vaccine. Uh, how, do, how do they keep up with that? And, you know, uh, I've heard one person say that there could be a medical chip, and that's already around, folks. They could just put a chip uh, under your skin and they can scan your, your chip, your medical chip, and see, oh, they've been vaccinated so you can come in and you can shop and you can buy. And uh, don't let all of that scare you. The technology itself is not evil. It will be what's behind the technology one day. And again, whether this is it or not, I don't know, but I'm telling you, the technology's there and we see these kind of things coming. Uh, I believe it won't take long for there to be a cashless system at all that's been uh, on, on, you know, on the, on, the, on the way anyway. So I, I don't know, and I will not say that, that this is definitely the, the way that the Antichrist is gonna take his rule. I, I don't know, but it should get us excited because you can see it unfolding right before our eyes. God has, so I said all that to say this, God has a purpose for you and me and it's time for us to commit to it, to dedicate to it, and to do it the, to the best of our ability. We have this big job to do, to reach this generation, to reach this world. And we all need to be operating in our God-given purpose. So with all the love that I can show you, let's quit procrastinating. Let's quit making excuses. Let's put God first place in our lives. Let's get filled with the Holy Spirit and let's fulfill our purpose in God. And we will see miracles. We'll see records of numbers of people coming to Christ, things that will blow our minds. God wants to do it, but folks, it's time to do it. I'm going to date myself a little bit, but sort of like the Smokey and the Bandit song says, we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. And I'm telling you, uh, the clock of eternity is ticking. And let's get ready so we can get other people ready. Jesus said in Revelation verse 19, chapter 19, verse 7 through 9, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, look, and his bride, which is the church, has made herself ready. This is a future event, but I believe it's soon. Listen to what it says at verse 8. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. The fine linen strands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. The things that we do for the Lord. The purpose that we accomplish for the Lord. It's going to adorn the bridegroom, the bride's dress uh, symbolically. 
and it's going to be seen by God. Look at verse 9. It says, And then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Y'all, I hope, hope this made sense, and I hope I didn't confuse you and, and what it's going to look like. Jesus told us these signs, but what it ends up looking like, we don't know. All I do know is I want to be a part of it. I want to be ready. I, 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 you know, whenever he comes, I want, to, I want him to find me looking up at the sky, anticipating his coming. And I want the same for you. Let me ask you this question in closing. What would you do different today if Jesus was coming tomorrow? If you knew, we don't know. But what would you do different today? If you knew that Jesus was coming this same time tomorrow, and that, whatever that is, that is what you need to be doing today because Jesus could come tomorrow. So make that your goal. If it's to have a relationship with Jesus, don't wait any longer. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy that says you cannot, that you cannot live for God or you've done too much to forgive you. That's a lie. Receive Christ into your life. He will show you a way. He'll produce that godly character in you. You'll be wanting to reach the lost. And you'll say, I have a purpose for God. I want to fulfill my purpose for God. And you'll be ready for him when he comes. Let me say a prayer for you. If you have a sin in your life and, and you know I need a relationship with Christ, or, or if you've had a relationship with the Lord at one time, but you have you've drawn back. He started showing you those things, and you, you pulled back, and you've hurt the relationship. Well, he is waiting for you today. He loves you so much. He has his arm, I believe, extended to you. His Holy Spirit, I believe, is speaking to your heart today. And he wants to begin a relationship with you today. And I want to pray a prayer with you. The way we do it here, we pray it all together. So when you pray this prayer, pray it from your heart. And you know there are people all over this area. Maybe even, I know it's in other states. They're praying this prayer with you too. And... Uh, when you pray this, pray it from your heart, and Jesus will begin this relationship with you. And I promise you this, you will not regret knowing Jesus. You'll fall in love with him, and your relationship with him will grow. Church, let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins today? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? I want a relationship with you, Jesus. And I want to be ready for your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the Bible says that heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. And the truth is, if you pray that prayer from your heart, the Holy Spirit just moved into your life. Whether you felt it or not, he just moved in and he will make himself known to you. You will have a difference in desire. You'll begin to have difference uh, desires. You'll, you'll begin to want to live for God. You'll begin to want to do these other things that I've talked about. And the, the best news that I can give you is should Jesus come today, you're ready to meet with him. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Now, i got to pray for us that have been ready for quite some time because sometimes the longer that you've been ready to meet the Lord, uh, the more relaxed you become. Mm. 
And God has a big job for us to do. I don't care what age you are, there's something God wants you to do. If you're still taking in oxygen, God's got something for you to do. So I want to pray that you would fulfill your purpose, that God would reveal it, and you'll quit making excuses, and you'll just do what you know God's already called you to do. No more excuses, no more procrastinating, no more wasting time. You don't have it, we don't have it. There are too many people that need Jesus. And with all of us fulfilling our purpose, our God-given purpose together, this world can be saved. I believe that. Now let's pray a prayer of purpose. I want to pray it for you. You just agree with me, okay? Father God, I thank you for every person. Every person, you have purpose. You have plans for them. Your spirit equips them. You've given them giftings. Lord God, I believe you've already let them know. Father, I pray once again, you would let them know. I pray, Lord God, that they would, they would just know it, that, hey, I have to do this for Jesus. And Lord God, I pray that you would give them the want to. Your scripture says that it's your spirit who works in us to will and to act according to your good pleasure. God, would you do that for them? Lord God, help them to quit making those excuses. Give them the next step today, the step to take today to walk toward their purpose in you. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Move Church, we're a church of purpose. We're a church of vision. And I'm telling you, we're seeing it, seeking it, and speaking it. And you do that. I'm telling you, God's got great things for you. And you're a part of this house. And because you're fulfilling your purpose, that means this church can fulfill its purpose too. Hey, God bless you. I'm excited about a couple of weeks. Don't forget Wednesday night. I'm going to go over those guidelines. I'm just telling you, please be flexible. It's not going to be just like it was, but who knows all that God's going to do uh, when we come back together. I believe it's going to be good. Uh, so that'll be Wednesday night, 630 Facebook Live. Until then, go in peace.